Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Doug Flutie here with the Flutie Flakes cast. Uh, fun weekend of, of pro football, NFL, Brady returning to New England, Dallas Cowboys are off and running, looking good. Dak Prescott has something to prove. The New York Jets won a football game. They looked at their jersey late in the game, realized who they were. They tried to lose it, but they wound up winning. Um, on a personal level, hanging out at home, doing my stuff. Had a big hockey game last night. We won. Uh, but more than that was earlier in the week, I was going for a jog on the beach and, uh, I go down, I start to jog along and, and now you got to remember, I surf just about every day. Actually we had great waves yesterday and I was out for about four hours. So it was so much fun. Um, but you know, I start to jog the guy next door is with his surf casting with his rod and reel fighting some fish, bringing it in. So I hung out and watched how, cause it, you could tell there was something big on it brings in a six to seven foot shark. Uh, right in the area that I surf all the time where we swim all the time. And these, these sharks are all over. It was actually a spinner shark. I took a picture. It was on the Instagram at Doug Flutie. Um, and it just cracks me up. You know, people are like, you're crazy. You know, you're crazy. All these sharks down there. We have a time of year where they actually migrate. And there's thousands of them swim by. The black tips and the spinners migrate. And if you just sit at the window and look out there, every two to three minutes, you'll see one of the spinners jump out of the water. So they're out there all the time. But when you're out in the water and you're on a board and you see them, for the most part, you realize they're chasing other fish and they're doing their thing and they're going around you and avoiding you. Now, if the big ones show up, if you, if you have a bull shark, I, we really don't get great whites here, but maybe a tiger, something like that shows up, get the heck out of the water. But uh, I've yet this have a dealing with any of those big ones so i've been a little lucky uh fun weekend i was really excited to see tom brady going back to new england um i was up in boston over the weekend before and the radio stations were already send in your tom brady hate videos they're hater videos about tom and this that and yeah i'm thinking you got to be kidding me with all that he's done for this city you're gonna you're gonna have a have an edge on it i, I know it's kind of tongue-in-cheek and a joke but uh, you could tell Tom coming back, he was pretty fired up. He did his sprint coming out of the tunnel, goes down the, the fist pump and punch at the, at the fans and uh, having a blast. Uh, I, I think he played a little fired up. But then again, this is a guy that, that has played cool as a cucumber throughout his Super Bowl appearances and everything else. I think really the one thing that stood out to me is Tom does struggle a little bit in wet weather when it's raining ball slips out of his hand a little bit. And I had, I saw more than, more than a handful of those kind of throws where it, it just wasn't quite coming out. But again, he did what he had to do to win the game, moving the football. I think they're starting to rely on Tom a little too. They got to run the football better. Uh, defensively, not quite as powerful as they were last year because of injuries on the back end or, or in general. It's just not quite uh, where they were the end of last. Of course, early in the year last year, they weren't there either. So the offense had to come together. So the offense is ahead of the game. I think they got to start running the ball. They're throwing the ball a lot more than, uh, you know, you're talking about a guy that's 44 years old. And are you going to be dependent on Tom Brady to throw the ball 40 plus times a game? Um, I still think he can do it. I'm not saying he can't. I just say to stay, stay healthy through the 17 week season, take some of that workload off his shoulders and uh, get that running attack going. Because when Tom is at his best, Tom is at his best with the hard play action, hanging on the football, throwing it down the field. Um, and they need to run the ball in order to make that a little easier on Tom. Now, 
That being said, he did run for a first down. Did you see him take off? I mean, he exploded for the seven-yard run, stumbling and bumbling and falling over a guy and getting there. It used to pain me. It, I, I love I love Tom more than anybody. But to see him not take – like when he runs, it's it's that five-flat 40-plus that it was just – it was frustrating. To watch. And he works so hard. Tom works so hard at his footwork. And it shows in the pocket and the way he slides and the way he moves. But the, the foot speed has just never been there, and it never will. But he still, I'll tell you what, moving in the pocket, sliding out, getting to the outside, making some throws. Uh, he did take off and run for a first down. Uh, I, was, I was very happy to see Tampa Bay win the game. On the flip side of that, Mac Jones, 19 straight completions in nasty weather, decision-making, fantastic. He's got to find a way to make the plays up the field still. They got to make more big plays. They didn't score enough points, obviously, to win the game. Uh, but I'll tell you, he looks like a veteran quarterback on the field. He he moves the football. He's gonna be good. He's gonna be he's gonna be good for a long time. Um, and I think I said it when when he was drafted that he would start day one and everybody was talking about Cam, Cam, Cam. He he really Mac Jones, uh, out of all the young quarterbacks, has been the most impressive and continues to to look that way. Had the game, not quite one. I'll tell you, he made the great decision. Third down, third and medium, probably about five or six or whatever it was, maybe three. And it was a blitz, broke off the route, threw to the right guy, he's wide open, the ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage and knocked down. The decision gets made to kick the 56-yard field goal. A lot of people were questioning, especially, you know, with Mac moving the ball away, he's moving it, maybe he picks up the first down, they get closer in nasty conditions. I think the fact that Foles hit the upright from 56 yards makes legitimizes the decision and say, Hey, he could have made it. He, he maybe should have made it. And uh, it was a little bit of a pull and he, he had a really good shot at making that field goal. So they went with it uh, again, though. It's amazing. It's like, it's like Seattle throwing the ball on the one yard line and throwing an interception when the Super Bowl is on the line and Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl. The field goal hits the upright and Tom Brady wins another football game. So uh, I, I'm really excited to see the maturity of Mac Jones and, and how it goes for him down the road. Uh, although now New England starts at, at one and three. So it's a rough, a long way to go this year for sure. Uh, the other big quarterback situation, not necessarily quarterback situation, but um, Dak Prescott. Dak's at 75% completion. He looks like a man possessed. He looks like he's out there to prove something right now. He's going... Coming off injury, I think last year everyone saw coming off injury how much he meant to this Dallas Cowboy team last year. When he was out, they looked horrible. They didn't have anyone to take his spot. They really, no one could fill those shoes. And he is taking it to another level. Uh, his operation at the line of scrimmage, getting in and out of plays, getting to the correct run call. Uh, you know, there are some, you know, number one, Dallas's offensive line is dominating football games right now. And Dak is uh, the beneficiary of that as far as pass protection and Ezekiel being able to still run the football the way they do. They are the full package. I think defensively, they've let up more yards than maybe Dallas would like, but they're creating turnovers left and right. And uh, they are, I, they're, I, shoot, they're, they're going to be in the hunt for a Super Bowl this year. They're going to win their division handily and, uh, whether or not they get, you know, I don't know. I think one team gets a bye this year. So 
they may be in the in the running for that and he looks like a man possessed he throws the ball falling away sometimes he, he makes the throws that have to be made when they have to be made and uh i just uh it's going to be interesting to see how he plays down the wire stay healthy through a whole season all these things that have to fall into place but it's really exciting to see them them coming together um the opposite of that the flip side of that is the justin Fields situation in chicago uh again Nagy says that if Andy Dalton is healthy, he's my quarterback. Justin Fields steps on the field this week after a horrible. Now, here's the deal, though. They they played Cleveland two weeks ago, and Justin Fields completed like six passes, nine sacks, practically zero yards of offense, you name it. Uh, this week looked respectable. Uh, 11 of 17, 209 yards. Looks like he's grown. You know, he made some throws up the field, stood in the pocket a little bit, not just all the little bootleg action, hit the guy in the flat stuff. And it's encouraging. So you would think, okay, now they have something to build on this. Obviously, Nagy knows something we don't know about the maturity level of where he is in his game yet. Because when you start talking about Dak Prescott at the line of scrimmage and see all the things he's doing, what a Tom Brady does at the line of scrimmage, it's pretty obvious that Andy Dalton can do those things and Justin Fields cannot. And that's got to be why uh, he continues to say Andy Dalton is my guy. Even though you see the athletic, everybody wants to get infatuated with the athleticism and, and it's such an asset. There's no doubt about it. It's an asset, but um, you know, they, they get caught up in and in coaches, maybe, maybe they get a little too caught up in what they see in practice with the mechanics at the line of scrimmage but you put your offensive line in the position to be successful. And that's, to me, has to be the determining factor in what Nagy is seeing. But sometimes that variable, and, and this is what the fan sees, and it's what the fans saw when I got on the field, even when maybe I wasn't ready when I was young, are the highlight real plays, are the, the moving around and scrambling and running and making the big play. And then they're think, they get infatuated with those moments. But it's got to be consistency from beginning to end. And... There, might, there must be something going on there in Chicago that the rest of us don't know about. As far as anything else around the league, I was, um, I was laughing to myself about the Jets. Congratulations to the Jets. The Jets win a football game. Zach Wilson uh, put together a nice drive and over time goes the length of the field. But there's something I always say about teams that lose. You get to the fourth quarter, you've played a great game, you're leading, maybe up by two scores, right? And all of a sudden, you realize the situation. It's like, oh my God, we might win a game. Oh, shoot, we're up. There's only four minutes to go. They look down and they see their jersey and it's J-E-T-S. And it's like, oh shoot, we're the Jets. We're going to, what's going to happen? Sure enough, Titans take the ball right down the field, stick it in the end zone, take it to overtime. The Jets are going to lose. But hats off to, to Zach Wilson and the Jets for putting the drive together, going the length of the field, getting the field goal. Didn't stick it in the end zone. Um, got the field goal that, that held on to win that game for them. Uh, the only other thing I, I really was excited about and, and I was laughing is uh, Hunter Renfro for, for Oakland last night uh, in, or on the Monday night game. Uh, there was a fake field, a fake punt wide receiver on the, the wide guy on the fake punt gets left uncovered. Usually a guy from the interior defense is going to run out there to try to take that away. They're, they're tempting the punter to throw the ball out there. Hunter Renfro is the deep back on punt. He's, he's the returner 40 yards downfield. Uh, the, the gunner is left completely uncovered. The punter throws it out there. They're going to get a first down. It's like fourth and 10. 
and he comes flying up. The ball's going to be caught about a yard short of the first down. And he just smacks him, knocks the ball out, and makes a heck of a play. And that, to me, I, that is a part of football I love. I love a guy. I'm sure he's probably, you know, anticipating something might happen and saw it happen and went. But to react to a situation, he's a wide receiver. He goes up, makes a big smack, and knocks the ball loose. And is just playing football. I love when I get an opportunity to see guys on the field just play football. And, you know, a the Bill Belichick's of the world love to be the manipulator up top. Everything's X and O's and choreographed and everything's got to be exact. And maybe that's why Justin Fields will get on the play playing field sometime soon is that it's not, everything is not perfect. Sometimes you just got to be an athlete. Sometimes you just got to be a football player, go out, make plays and uh, let your talent take over. My guest today will be Buffalo Bill superstar, former teammate of mine, hall of famer, Bruce Smith, defensive end, guy that came around the corner smacked actually it was a play just before the half and i was going to throw a hail mary pass <laughs> and i rolled all the way out i didn't know bruce was coming and he just lit me up from behind and sent me into the sideline and he was very happy that i held on the ball and didn't throw it away because he got the sack bruce smith coming up remember you can get the flutie flakes cast on apple pandora and stitcher or wherever you get your podcast make sure to rate and review Again, my guest coming up, Bruce Smith. Well, I want to welcome a former teammate of mine, also probably the greatest pass rusher in history of the NFL, Hall of Famer, 11-time Pro Bowler. The guy that Buffalo picked is a first pick instead of me. I went to the USFL anyway, so the heck with it. Bruce Smith, how you doing, Bruce? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, how about yourself? Doing well, doing well. You're saying you're up at the Hall of Fame. What's going on up there? Yeah, uh, I am up here with uh, uh, the NFL, the Players Association, some other retired Hall of Famers, uh, Arenas, Derek Brooks, uh, John Randall. Uh, we are discussing health care uh, and, and the benefit package that uh, was passed in the CBA and how we can improve uh, the quality of lives of retired players, uh, both from a healthcare standpoint, uh, to make some of these programs more functional and, and streamlined with, with all of the frustration uh, taken out of it. Uh, so we've got our work cut out for us. Important stuff, especially with what's going on and with the knowledge of concussion protocol and all that nowadays. And and uh, some of the former players and the issues we've had. Have you had any uh, post-playing issues you know, physically, the things that are ailing you? Where do you want me to start from? <laughs> <laughs> uh, every day I wake up, my body hurts. And it's not a complaint. It's just a reality of life and, and the, the profession that I chose. If I had a chance to do it all over again, I would be a little smarter. But I would do it all over again. Uh, this was uh, certainly one of the highlights of my life, being able to play on a national stage uh, and uh, do a job that I love doing. Uh, that, that's competing. Uh, being out there with the world's greatest athletes, playing the greatest sport this country has ever seen, and uh, building the bonds that I've built uh, with, with teammates, 
and players from other teams that I still hold a very special relationship with to this very day. I played till I was 43. You played 19 years. I look back and say that last year or two, if I had just called it quits two years sooner, I'd be a lot healthier today. I, I'm actually very healthy. I got a bad left knee. My right knee's starting to be, if all that stuff we all get. But I feel like that you, you want to play as long as you can possibly play the game. Did you feel like you hung on an extra year or something? Or did anything beat you up at the end of it? Or did, was it just wear and tear over the years? Well, it was wear and tear over the years. It was the 11 surgeries. It was playing in the cold and, and the extreme cold. Not just That's cold, the extreme Buffalo cold, cold. <laughs> in, in, in Buffalo for 15 years. And playing on that AstroTurf, uh, that old AstroTurf that did nothing but tear your body apart. Uh, obviously, you, you're very familiar with it. It's, it's a piece of turf with a piece of cushion on top of concrete. You know, the turf would rip your skin apart. That pounding on the concrete, not only the collision of hitting a, a player or two, but the collision of hitting that concrete, it takes its toll. The body is not meant to take this kind of punishment. Uh, we, as the athletes that we were, uh, we tried to make the best of it. Somehow twist and maneuver to, to, to keep from hitting the, 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 the turf on full impact or twisting and turning sideways, not, not to get the full impact of a blow that's coming from an opposing player. That's just a part of the game, and, and uh, that's one of the things that made it so fun, to be quite honest with you. 200 career sacks, Bruce. I had Von Miller on a couple of weeks ago, and we are talking pass rush and moves. Was it an instinctive move? Was it predetermined, thought out, or was, was it reacting to what you saw in front of you? Uh, what, was, what was the key to being that elite? What is, what's the difference between an elite pass rusher and a guy that gets some that, sacks? That is a great question. And, and you have to take in the effect of the consistency and the longevity of being able to do it. You asked a great question. Um, it was predetermined based upon film study of that particular opponent during the course of the week. I knew what his weaknesses were. I knew what his strengths were. Uh, I knew playing at home, feel that when we were playing in Buffalo, he couldn't hear the snap count. Uh, I knew if he was lazy with his hands or he didn't have good feet or he didn't have good balance. Uh, and me being that that student of the game uh, after my second year in the league when Ted Cottrell and a few others kept teaching me these, these intricate details that I had to pay attention to that would set me apart from everyone else, uh, I was able to, to put all that together with the fact that I started staying in shape year round instead of just six months out of the year. Uh, and, and my eating habits improved. I, I lost weight. And so, so therefore, I, when I walked out on that field, I had confidence because I was prepared. Um, so to answer your question, the predetermined move that I would use was based upon film study and the weaknesses of that offensive line or offensive line men based upon the blocking schemes that I knew that I was going to see, whether it was slide protection, molly protection, fan protection, or they were using a chip block. I knew that they were, there was a certain window 
that I had that I could get through a certain crease or a certain crack before that double team uh, uh, unfolded or, or uh, the slide protection uh, came to a, a full head. I just capitalize off of that knowledge and, and being a student of the game. Yeah, you know, I, I obviously got to play with you for three years and got to see it firsthand, even though it was towards the end of our careers. Right. Um, the, one of the first things you said to me, I, I signed with Buffalo. I come in a lot. I see Bruce, right? So I go up and Bruce walks over, gives me a big hug. Hey, Doug, hey, welcome aboard. Thanks for holding on to that ball in New England back in 88. <laughs> yeah. I said, what? He goes, well, there was a play. It was a, we were going to throw a Hail Mary at the end of the half or the end of the game. I think it might have been in the half. But anyway, I was rolling my right. I set up on the sideline. I wind up big to just launch this thing. And I get drilled in the back. Bruce was chasing me and he smacks me into the sideline. And I guess what was important to Bruce was I held on to the ball. Why, Bruce? So quarterbacks <laughs> that hold on to the ball uh, just a little bit longer than they're supposed to gives us the opportunity to get back there and get sacks and, and so forth. So obviously that, that just added to the, to the total number of uh, sacks and it was at the end of the game and I didn't want you to make another historical play <laughs> of that hill. <laughs> well, <laughs> now back in those days, right? If I were to fumble that ball, it didn't count as a sack. That was the point that I was trying to, that you said to me at the time. And I, I don't, you keep track of sack. If a quarterback fumbled back in the day, it didn't count as a sack. It was a fumble. So how many, how many sacks have you lost because quarterbacks fumble? Huh? You know, you never I, count that. I, I, I thought Bruce, see, see, this is my thing. I know how important the sacks were to you, Bruce. Of course so I was like, yeah. you would know back in the day, if a quarterback held onto the ball, it was a sack. If a quarterback fumbled, it didn't count as a sack. So how many sacks do you think you lost because you knocked the ball loose? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> and, and I'm not quite sure about that, that ruling, too. That rule? If, yeah, if you knock the ball out of the quarterback's hands, it is considered a sack. Okay, was it considered way back in the day? I thought I well, thought it was well, different back well, in the day. Well, maybe not way back in the day, day, but I wasn't way back in the day. <laughs> we, 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 Doug, we were in the modern era. So, and another point, yes, sacks were extremely important, but to get a sack, you had to stop the run in our era of football. And I took a great deal of pride in which a lot of you know, critics and, and, and commentators don't even talk about, um, you know, I've gotten more tackles in the history of the NFL than any other defensive lineman that's ever played. You know, and that's amazing because, you know, people think about your pass rush skills and the sack totals and all that. And to be able to play the run and get the tackles is I'll tell you the day and age. Now they're, they're doing all this zone read stuff. It's a different game. It's almost like uh, you were at Virginia tech, uh, any option football, have to go up against option football in college because that's what they're seeing a lot of now. Yeah, yeah, uh, some, not a ton, uh, but 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 some. I think there were maybe two or three teams that we played against uh, a year. Excuse me, that ran the option football. Uh, very confusing at times because they're not uh, even blocking you half the yeah, time, right? Yeah. They're leaving you, a, they, especially the best defensive player. They don't have to hit them. They don't yeah. have to block them. It was a learning process for me. You're right. In this era of football, uh, that's what they are doing. And they're, they're very successful at it. They're very efficient. And uh, it puts a lot of stress and pressure on defensive coordinators and defensive ends. 
Yeah. Uh, and you probably wouldn't get hit as much. It's more open space, which it might play to you. I mean, the, the athleticism and the quickness and the speed. So Buffalo's making a resurgence. I was up there a couple of years ago. We were all hanging. I was so much fun to be on the sideline with you, Thurman, Andre, uh, Jim Kelly. And uh, it's great to see Jim Kelly uh, healthy. Last year, they made a run. They were in the playoffs, looked really good. What do you see out of the Bills this year? Well, I, I see a very talented football team with an experienced and talented head coach uh, led by Josh Allen, uh, obviously Stefan Diggs, uh, Tredavis and Trey on, on defense. But one of the things that is really starting to impress me and, and uh, I, I, my hat goes off to uh, Leslie Frazier uh, for the job that he's done with the defense, but uh, the commitment uh, that Kim and Terry Pagula has placed upon getting pass rushers. You can't win in this league without having dominant pass rushers. Between Greg, AJ, um, uh, Mario, even even Hughes, uh, this is going to be a vastly improved defensive front. Uh, And that's one of the missing elements that the Bills have not had for quite some time, uh, dominance on the defensive line. Uh, when you're able to, the, the two most important positions on a football team is the quarterback and the pass rusher. Make no mistake about it. Uh, they have the ability to affect the game like no other player consistently in a football game. Yeah, I've always said that, uh, you know, if you have to blitz to get pressure on a QB, uh, you're in trouble. When the teams that get that four-man rush and can get to the quarterback without having to bring extra guys, can play a little bit of coverage behind it, and you guys are getting to the quarterback, there's nothing the quarterback can do about that. You know, the ball's got to be out because he's getting pressure and it's full coverage on the back end, and it creates all kinds of issues for your quarterback. How the heck did you find out the information about Pro Bowl selection before <laughs> it was announced? <laughs> I have my sources. Uh, every year uh uh it it was just from the relationships that i i built over the years and and um i I would get a heads up uh and and they would always tell me don't tell anybody don't tell anybody but yeah i I just i just had close relationship with um with some guys that would pass along that information to me and a few select guys i I pull them in the corner and say hey guy hey congratulations Well, you were the one that let me know, and it was a little just, you know, an afternoon ahead of time or something. And it, it really uh, was very important to me because it was kind of my validation of getting back to the NFL and being a part of it. It was so much fun playing together, Bruce. Uh, we had parallel careers as far as longevity. And when we came into the league and went out of the league, uh, wish you all the best. Thanks for all the work you're doing. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, Doug, thank you. And, uh, you know, you were a superhero for many. And, uh, I appreciate your your career, your courage, and and uh, everything you brought to the game. It, it was a pleasure uh, being a teammate of yours and and actually watching you uh, when you were on other teams. So uh, congratulations pre- on all your ex- success as well. Thanks so much, Bruce. And uh, one of our biggest wins when I was in uh, Buffalo, we we came from behind and, and had a last second drive against Jacksonville, and I ran and then around the end, and I came sprinting over, and I just. The, one of my favorite video highlights is to see me jumping into your arms on the oh, sideline yeah. coming yeah. out. So well, uh, and, really and cool the, moments. And the big biggest mistake was 
them not playing you when we play against the Tennessee Titans. You should have been starting. Uh, I, there's no doubt in my mind that we would have won that game. Well, I appreciate hearing that. That's very nice. And uh, yeah, we had a good football team. We had a great defense through those years and we started to do some stuff on offense and uh, you never know what could have happened, but it turned into a music city miracle and like the NFL loved it. So yeah. Yeah. At our expense. (laughs) At our expense. Yeah. Thanks so much, Bruce. Appreciate your time. All right, Doc. You're welcome. I want to thank my guest, Bruce Smith, for joining me and talking old times in football and pass rush and sacks. And it's amazing. Uh, his athleticism, even at the, I, I played with Bruce at the end of his career. We came out the same time and a high draft choice. We had different directions in our careers and all that. But at the end of the year, I did get to spend some time with Bruce and he was still quick off the line, athletic, playing the game at a high level, even all the way to the end of his career. Yeah, Doug, and the one thing about Bruce Smith, how many people remember the Washington days, right? I mean, everybody remembers him with the Bills, yeah. and he was highly productive in Washington, too. He still, yeah, he goes, he knew how to get his sacks. Yeah. And he, he knew that's how he was measured, too. He knew that he would be measured by, does he still get a sack? So I will say that towards the end of his career, he compromised his run defense a little bit to make sure he got a sack or two. Yep, can't blame him about that. From one grade to another, and this guy obviously was in the spotlight all of last week, Tom Brady's return to New England, uh, obviously passing Drew Brees on the most passing yards in NFL history. One of the Twitter questions, and every week we go over these uh, towards the end of the podcast, add Doug Flutie, send your questions or comments. Uh, Do you ever see Tom Brady having a role in football after he retires? I I don't think you're going to see him in a front office or a coaching job or anything that is 24 seven have to be all in. Um, Tom obviously has done extremely well for himself. His wife has done extremely well for herself. Uh, They don't need that. And I think it's just too much. He's going to enjoy life a little bit. You know, he's going to, he, I, I think he'd love to do something like Peyton and Eli do on the Monday night broadcast once in a while that he'd love to jump in and be a part of that. But, I, I really don't think you're going to see Tom Brady going into the office every day and breaking down film and, and getting from that standpoint. I think he's made his mark. I, now, that being said, Tom is a guy that is always looking at the next challenge. You know, he really, uh, you ask Tom Brady what his favorite championship is, his favorite Super Bowl. He says, the next one, right? It's over. That's behind me. He sets the all time passing mark the other night and uh it's noted only because there was a timeout called and they made a little presentation real quick now when breezy did it when when drew broke the mark it was a big production now it was a home game for drew with new orleans and not a home game for tom but it's it's again okay that's history that's nice i appreciate it thank you here's the ball let's put it over let's go let's go win this game and that's the way tom is i, I tell a story about us playing golf together where tom had a great round but rough on the last hole goes straight to the practice tee and starts working on it again and going to the next one. For me, I always thought there's a finish line, right? If I do all this work and I, I, I get to my goal and I win a super bowl or I win the great cup that year, or I get to this point, that's the finish. I'll be happy and content. And you realize when you get there, 
you're not you got it it's the next one it's the keep going so from that standpoint there's other endeavors that tom's involved you know his tb12 stuff his logos his his workout programs his things that he's all set into to motion and that'll be a big part of his life but uh i can't see him going into the office <laughs> no definitely not he's definitely especially you know when he did that match you know on tnt against aaron Rodgers competitive to the very end oh. you know i'm sure i'm sure on his show uh on sirius xm let's go that he wants to put together his best show every single week so that's just the way he is and that you know that's what makes the greats the great yep he's a perfectionist there's no doubt about it absolutely uh one team that's starting to kind of turn things around especially offensively the last couple of weeks the buffalo bills big matchup on sunday night against the kansas city chiefs obviously Rematch of the AFC Championship from last year. Uh, this person says, how about the Bills, Doug? And we still love you for your time in Buffalo. <laughs> I loved my time in Buffalo. I had so much fun. The fans there were amazing. I, it got to the point where I spent a lot of time. My son had just gotten diagnosed with autism around that time. And my wife was back in, in Boston and coming up for games. And we were, so I had a lot of time by myself. And I went to this one diner all the time and the fans all knew I was there. They dropped like Flutie Flakes boxes off. I'm signed. I loved uh, how enthusiastic these fans are in Buffalo and they deserve a winner. Um, I thought last year, Josh Allen played great. I thought he didn't play his best football in the playoffs. They struggled um, and still were very competitive in the playoffs. It's, it's coming together. I really like this bills team i really like the way josh allen plays his mobility for especially a guy his size runs hard all-time favorite play of the weekend probably my favorite play of the weekend short yardage up under center you spread out the defense and you're going to do a quarterback sneak right you just need a yard for the first down josh allen doesn't just put his head down and drive in there he takes a look at the defense which is going to jump down into the gaps and they're trying to stuff a quarterback sneak. They give away containment. The defensive ends inside shoulder. He sticks his nose in there for, and bounces outside, gets the corner, takes off, runs hard for about a 12, I don't know, maybe about a 12 yard gain. I loved it because that's something I did a lot in the CFL with, with quarterback sneaks and short yardage. I never trusted my running game. I just never trust that we could blow people off the ball. So you spread people out and stack it out there. If they don't go cover down on the outside, you throw that smoke screen, a guy catches it, takes off five, five to eight yards, and you get the first down anyway. If they cover down and they leave a safety in the middle of the field, there is a gap open. And you got to have your head on a swivel and see where that gap is. They tried to take away that gap, lost contain, he went outside. Tom Brady is a master uh, I don't know if he's running as many quarterback sneaks now as he used to, but a master at calling the run play, getting to the line of scrimmage in short yardage, seeing an open gap, checking to the quarterback sneak and hitting that open gap and getting the first down easily. And it's, it's a lost art. So many young guys, especially take the snap, put their head down and just push. And, and that doesn't get it done. Yeah, and Josh Allen's one of those guys where he will stick his neck in there and do whatever it takes to get that extra yard. We've seen that uh, throughout his career. Now, before the last one here, I got to ask this: Would you ever, would you ever go to a Bills tailgate, and would you ever, you know, jump through a table? Could we ever get you to do that? I would definitely go to a Bills tailgate. Jumping through a table makes no sense to me. I would do any. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a football through a hoop. I'll throw. I'll 
fiery football through something or break. I'm not jumping on. I'm 185 years old. I got, I got in old. Oh, I'm come on. You're still playing on. hockey and, and men's baseball leagues. Come on. You, you know what's great team. about hockey? What is great about hockey is nothing hurts after hockey. That's like true. baseball, basketball, everything. I still try to play once in a while and it hurts. Surfing and hockey, you walk away kind of like, Oh, I could go for a run now. I'm warmed up and stretched out. It's it's different. Uh, yeah, no, I got too many old injuries, but I, I would. I'm not going to do it, but I'm willing to learn how. Ah, interesting. So breaking news there. You're willing to willing learn how to, to jump learn. the table. <laughs> well, we might have to work on that. I might have to get with the Bills uh, PR department <laughs> and see if we can make that work one day. Maybe in the playoffs. We'll have to wait. You and know see. what? If, if, if they want to do it and it's fun, what the heck? One last one here. And so many great, you know, outlets do features on some of the great histories of NFL or any other sport. Is there ever one guy in, in the history of football that you would like to see a documentary uh, done on them? You know, I, I don't know who's been done and who hasn't. I haven't seen them all. I think they do a phenomenal job on the football life. Um, and I was very proud of the one that they did on us and our family. And it, it's really a cool thing. I love it. Um, I'd I'm, I'm sure they probably have done it, but I loved Johnny Unitas as a kid and, and to go back to, to watch Johnny U. Uh, along those lines of not being sure, there's a guy in the CFL named Michael Pinball Clements that is absolutely amazing. I played with him for two years in Toronto, but he was in the league the entire time I was up there. Little, I'm a little guy. He's minute. He's like, I don't know. He was all of 160 pounds and just a great punt returner, great tailback, catch the ball out of the backfield, do all that. He was an MVP of the league. He's won his great cups. He went on to be a player coach. He was in uniform as the head coach and, and getting his downs in place. Then he moved on to the front office in Toronto and, and has done amazing things uh, football-wise, but is first class off the field. Um and I you know, hate to bring up sad subjects, but when my parents passed away, Pinball and I hadn't talked for a little window of time. And out of the blue, he showed up. You know, he jumped on a plane from Toronto, got down to Florida. But he does those. He's, he's an amazing individual off the field. Everyone loves him. He's got a smile that lights up a room. Impeccable. I'd love to see people uh, exposed to the life that is Michael Pinball Clemens. Yeah, I totally agree. And a lot of so many of those things you get to learn about the person, not just the player, their life now. You know, and pinball, pinball set the record for most punt returns for touchdowns in the CFL. He was a thousand yard receiver and rusher. Um, he, he did all these things and he was so much fun to watch on punt returns. He would go because there's no yards, like go to pick up a ball that's bouncing around and bait people to get real close. And they'd all have to keep that five yard halo. And then he'd pick it up and throw a lateral across the field after everyone got sucked in and go down. He was really innovative. He was so much fun to watch. So much fun. Well, I always love getting the questions. Uh, keep the Twitter questions coming because that's fun. All of a sudden, all the old stories come in through my head, and it's a lot of fun to talk about some of the older guys that I played with. And so, keep this, keep the Twitter questions coming. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll wrap this one up, and thank you for listening. And uh, don't miss us next week. The Flutie Flakes Cast is a part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Tom Cress. The associate producers are Chris Tyler and Denny Gallagher. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen.
Sirius XM Podcasts.